All right, there we go. We're live. Hi, Anthony. Thank you so much for making the time. Hello. Okay, great to see you again. Thanks I for know. having me. I'm excited. Uh, it's, it's my pleasure, and I've been really looking forward to this. I have my notebook here. I'm going to take a lot of notes. And uh, let's start by, you know, let's pretend people don't know who you are, that we haven't seen you on the big stages, and share a bit about yourself, who you are, how you got to be in the space, and uh, a bit about your history. Sure. Yes, I'm a co-founder and CEO of a company called Pocket Your Dollars. We're a... Um, uh, online lead generation marketplace for different insurance and financial products. So we own, uh, you know, dozens of domains underneath that, that, that we, we really specialize in social traffic and that's Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, all that, all that good stuff. Um, we spend a few hundred thousand dollars a day acquiring customers and, and, you know, routing them, uh, primarily via, uh, an inbound phone call that the consumer initiates themselves. So, um, yeah. And then, you know, my, my background originally was in, uh, door-to-door -door sales and then from there learned about this little thing called the internet and uh, uh, started a traditional for hire internet marketing agency got to play with other people's money to learn learn how to how to be good at marketing and then uh, eventually you know fell into the this affiliate space that I think most if not everyone on the on the on the, the live stream today is, is aware of so it's it's been a it's been a really really fun great great journey that's awesome. So my, my first question for you, when you started, right, when you decided that's what you want to do, was it like a one man show type of thing or you already had a team and people in place that were able to help you? Yeah, it was. So I'll, I'll go back to my Internet marketing agency, which, again, is just, you know, pay us five grand a month to run your back then it was Google AdWords or your SEO. Right. Just as an example. And yeah, it was just me. And, and honestly, I, I joke. I was like a. Uh, I, I built myself a job, not a company. I was like a glorified contractor. Like I had all this like side project work. Like I remember my, my first, first client was like 15 bucks an hour, but you could work remote. And I was like, Oh, this is awesome. Right. Like in like now, you know, you look at that as like, Oh, that was my first client. But then it was like, I kind of had this like first, you know, it was really a job, but, but not, I could work remote for a couple, you know, a couple 15 bucks an hour. And then, uh, I got, got, you know, started, started helping him. And really I think the, the common theme was, over delivering and, and adding as much value as, as, as possible. And um, through that process, I was able to be referred to his friend and then his friend's friend and friend, friend, friend. And then eventually I, I found myself having, you know, 50 hours a week worth of, of, of work as a really, a, you know, a glorified contractor. And then, uh, you know, poked my brother and said, Hey, I can't really pay you much. I can cover your rent, but you want to come, you want to come work with me. And, and, you know, now, you know, zoom out today, you know, we have 30 plus employees and, and, uh, and, and a, a decent sized team, but, but yeah, absolutely. It started, it was, it was just me. And, and, uh, and again, just, just really that focus on over delivering, even I, there were hours where I didn't bill or I would, I would go above and beyond or I'd make investments on, let's say I had to pay a developer, you know, 20 bucks an hour to do something. I was getting paid 15. Like I, I just knew that if I, if I consistently over delivered the, the money would find its way, find its way back, whether that was through referrals or being able to raise my fees or, or being able to just get continuous work. You know, I, I suspected that. Uh, that's why I asked the question, because I'm sure it happens to you a lot. Uh, we always get that feedback like, whoa, you're so lucky. And I don't know about you, but personally, when people say you're so lucky, they don't know. They have no idea, you know, the, the backstory and the long hours and, you know, the 18 hour days. So, you know, you guys, I had no idea. I asked Anthony, I was just curious, but 
I always say this, and you see like behind every successful person, the chore, uh, we might, now we afford to do all the fun stuff that you see on social media, yes. you know, a few years back, it, it wasn't the case. So it's, that's just fantastic. Yeah. It's, what, what's the, we get rewarded in public for what we, we, we practice in private. And I think, you know, you see that with athletes, right? You know, oh, he's so skilled. Like, no, the Kobe Bryant put up thousands of shots every single day and didn't miss a single day ever, ever, ever. Didn't go a single day without, I think he did a thousand makes a day, made a thousand shots, but we look at him. He's so skilled or he's so lucky or so, no, no, no. He put, he, he, there, there's no accident when people find success. It, 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 you, you can't find sustainable success in my opinion, without, uh, the hard work behind it. I don't, I don't think there's a such thing as luck for that. Winning the lottery, yes, lucky, but that's not sustainable success in my opinion um, or a track record of, of, of success. And I, I think anyone that it's easy to say, look how look how lucky they are or blessed or anyone, right? Not, I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about you know LeBron James. It's, there's a tireless, tireless work ethic when you actually dig into it. And I, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that that's a healthy thing for, for people to know and understand that whether you're talking about sports or business or, or acting or whatever that might be. Agree. I, I happen to agree. And you know, uh, Gen X uh, and Gen Z, they have this thing where they always tell us, well, it's, it's important to work smart, not hard. And as a millennial, I always say, you know what, it, it, you have to have both. You really need the hard work. It's just, you know, as smart as you are, you know, you can obviously in time uh, do whatever you can to be more productive and better on how you do the processes. But you still need to put in the time. I mean, it's it's how it works. Yeah, I, I, I think, um, you know, growing up from uh, it sounds like you and I are similar age. Um, uh, gr gr growing up, it was I didn't know if I could like the ceiling, I could bust through the ceiling. Like I didn't know if I can make over a hundred thousand dollars over a million dollars, whatever that ceiling was. So the work was like the work ethic was there, but I didn't know if I could break it. Um, where I think today, like my little brother, who's 10 years younger than me, he sees on Instagram people or even myself, you know, you know, driving a nice car or doing, doing all this. And it feels instantaneous in this quick world that we live in now with, with social media that the ceiling is off. They say I, I can, I can be a billionaire. But the hard work or the, the, the things behind it that need to get there, I don't think are, I know for a fact, are not being displayed or shown because we get to see the end result. And I think that that creates a really scary friction point, especially for someone younger, because they feel like they should have a Lamborghini, but they don't. And, and there's no, and they, they don't understand why it's very frustrating where mine was like, I don't know if I could ever get that, but I know I'm going to bust my ass. You know what I mean? So I, I really feel for, you know, people that are saying, oh, it's so hard to manage millennials or Gen Z or younger. It's, I really feel for how they grew up. And I think the more um, kind of that 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 shake or that wake up of like you just mentioned, that there's the the work ethic behind it that's needed. Yes, work smarter. But part of that is figuring out what is smarter. And I think you can only do that by pounding the pavement and busting your your you know what right working 16 17 hour days like like you and uh, and i have I'm, I'm sure and i think that's where you actually get clarity on where the smarter is it's not just something it's not just a cutesy term that you're like oh work smarter like great i don't know what the heck that means you know what i mean and i think that's only found through the the digging of the minutiae to say oh here's the golden nuggets let me double down on that stuff that works but that 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 exploratory phase prior to I, I don't think it's talked about. And I think it's, it's, it's not only crucial, it's necessary. And it, in fact, I think it's the only way to do it. 
I love it. And, you know, one of the main reasons we're doing the podcast is we are so proud when we can get uh, a new affiliate and he's able to make money online and quit the nine to five job. But there's, you know, there's a bit of a stereotype in our industry. People think it's very easy to make a lot of money online. Yes. And don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong, you guys. There's, you know, so much financial stability in our space, but it's impossible to do that without the hard work. So, you know, for all all the new affiliates coming in and listening to the content we put out there, you know, making money online is not an overnight trick. Yeah. You know, you need to put in the work, right? And uh, you you mentioned earlier that the team you now have over 30 people so i i would love for you to tell me what do you think is the most important hire like for you to really be able to scale was it i don't know a, a good administrative assistant was it a good content person a media buyer what was that one person that you once you hired them they really helped to scale for sure and, and i'll just touch on that that last comment as far as easy to make money online what how i believe that definition should be interpreted is there's low barrier to entry. Um, meaning you need a laptop when I'm looking at right now. So you need less than maybe even 500 bucks. You get to use laptop where mm -hmm. if I'm a manufacturer, I need a million dollars worth of worth, worth of equipment and the rate of change in, online moves so fast that theoretically, if I take my foot off the gas and someone brand new starts and they're pressing the gas, very quickly, they could be a better internet marketer than me because of the way the rules change. So it, those two dynamics, I think, make it very ripe for someone new to come in and make money. But it's still business versus versus another business. There's no, you know, you know there's, there's no uh, easy way to, there's no, um, you know, Hail Mary of making money. You still need to be able to add value. What You have a lower friction point and, and, and you have a, a lower barrier to entry to, for success quicker than other spaces. I completely agree with that, but it's not easy to make easier, or easy to make money online. But that's why I think you see young or quick success online because yes, the the, the rules of the game or the, the playing field uh, makes makes that for a good opportunity. But to your point, there, there, there's more to the story. Um, to, answer, to answer your question on first hire, um, first hire I made and I direct people to is actually uh, most people are like did you hire a developer did you hire a media buyer or what it, it actually a personal assistant and i know that sound that sounds really crazy or silly but for me again when it was just me the more junk i could get off my plate everything down to my laundry and i can and, and i look at it like this or, there's a there's a term i love it's called it's arbitrage which is really what all of us affiliates are we're arbitraging traffic or customers which means yeah. you Buy something at one and you sell it at a, at a higher price and you make the spread in between your wholesaler, really, at the end of the day. So I thought about, I looked at it like that. I said, how can I wholesale my time? So let's go back to that example of 15 bucks an hour. Again, mm -hmm. good luck if you can find someone for that, for that today. But <laughs> I found someone for for $8, $8 an hour to be mm -hmm. my personal assistant. And that was my laundry, making food for me. That was uh, doing spreadsheets for me, helping me with reports, mm -hmm. little like random tasks on uh, online, like even even like uh, deleting my 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 spam emails, like, my like unsubscribing. Like, I would forward an email and be like unsubscribe, like something as silly as that that adds up. And then when I wrote a check every single week, let's just say the first first person was maybe ten hours a week. I wrote an eighty dollar check, which, which felt like a shit ton then. It it felt so good because that was ten hours I got back that I knew. I was making 15 on. So I was actually making a net seven on all of those hours 
that that I had that I had I had paid out before because I was I was working instead, right? So I wouldn't just hire an assistant and then go play at the park, right? Like I when when I had extra time, I was or that newfound time, I was working and I was making money off of that, or I was investing in myself, things like that. So the first hire, I I think anyone at any stage that makes over fifteen dollars an hour should have an assistant, and either, whether that's local, virtual, whatever that is, to and it, it for me it got so addicting to pay someone and look at how many hours they worked because I said, holy cow, that, that was stuff I was doing or that was stuff that wasn't getting done or that was stuff that I didn't get to focus on a higher value activity, which might've been sales or learning how to buy Facebook ads or Google ad, what, you know, whatever, whatever that is. So I, I think anyone who's got the time to be on this podcast right now that is employed or makes over $15 an hour, I, I think the, the first thing you should do in the next literal 14 days, maybe seven days, is find someone, even if it's for three hours a week, to be some kind of personal assistant, right? Some kind of some kind of get delegate lower end tasks off your plate. Again, whether that's that's someone virtual or someone in person, or that's a college student, or that's your kid, what, whatever that is, get, getting hours back in your, the you know the the real currency is time. It's not, it's it's not money, and I think most of us know that already, or we'll learn that eventually. It's it's that, that's the real uh, coveted currency for everyone. I, Bill Gates doesn't get any more hours in the day than I do. Um, so it's it's uh, that would that was my first hire, and that is absolutely my first recommended hire. And then my call to action: anyone listening, is again, if you make over fifteen dollars an hour, you, you need to have some kind of assistant. That is wonderful advice, and uh, you are the the second person that's telling us this in, in the last uh, two months. And uh, I was at this beautiful mastermind, it's called Mimosa. Uh, one of my friends, Amber, is doing that. And uh, the, the main speaker on stage, um, you know, he's so successful, has millions of, you know, uh, dollars in the bank. And he sat out there and guess what he said? He said, he's number one hire that changed the rules for him was an administrative assistant which is really the same right and in a in our world it's so easy to get a va i mean virtual assistants are so affordable and literally something as easy as i know how i do it i just forward an email even if it's something like silly that probably will take me a minute to do it takes me two seconds to forward it right that's everything i'm just so happy you gave that answer and you know it's it's i agree that it's such good advice such good advice Love it. All right. So I want to ask you about traffic sources, right? I, I know you do a lot of like financial stuff too. We do a lot of health. We just got into lead gen as well. And uh, for new affiliates that are getting started, you know, we had experts telling us different things, but I would love your opinion. What would be like a good traffic source to start with? Like if you have maybe a thousand dollars, you want to start online, do you start blogging? Do you start with Facebook or social? What would be your advice? Yeah, not, not a sexy answer, but yeah, fa Facebook, Instagram, there's a reason why they're it, it, it's by and large the dominant market share within the, right. the, the, the social advertising um, spectrum. And I guess I'll add more color to it. So it it's a, feels a little bit better than answer. It'd be like, no, duh. Um, <laughs> You know, you look at like the Google AdWords of the world, uh, it, 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 beautiful traffic sources, obviously lower down the funnel in big brands have been there for decade plus. They've spent a lot of time there. When I'm talking to United Healthcare uh, for, for us, for some of our, our insurance verticals, they're not spending any money on paid social media. They're, they're, it's, it's still, it might not feel new to us who are maybe younger or on the internet space, 
but they're like, wow, like we haven't done anything on there. They, they're slow movers. So these brands or these advertisers that you might be pushing an affiliate offer for the point being is it feels saturated, but, but it's saturated in our little affiliate world. It's, it's not saturated in the world of business uh, versus a uh, Google AdWords. And again, too, that doesn't mean you can't be successful on Google AdWords. Uh, but it, it's, it's, it, 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 I think there's still, I know there's still an incredible amount of opportunity on that platform. Um, I could touch on like a TikTok or a Snapchat. TikTok's the fastest platform to profitability for us. Obviously, younger demographic, but not not as young as you may think. I mean, we're, we're marketing to a demo that's really 30 to 45 and, and consistently spending five figures plus a day on there profitably. So it's not a bad place to look by any means or it's a beautiful platform. Same thing with, with Snapchat. Their support is incredible. You actually really get on like a Facebook rep that may not really know what they're talking about or, or give you some kind of jerk around answer. You actually are getting like a really smart, intelligent human being able to help you get a campaign wow. successful. So these, these platforms, I, you, you really can't, can't go wrong per se, but in my opinion, I, I think there's, you know, a Facebook, Instagram is the right place to start. I think, um, being a big fish in a small pond. So being very niche with your messaging and your targeting. So I would target if, if possible moms who are 50 to 60 years old, who have a kid who live in Oregon. And my ad would say, are you a mom that's, you know, between the ages of 50 and 60 years old who lives in Oregon, right? Like that's a very silly example. And I, but, but the, but the idea around it is my targeting so niche and then my messaging. So, so direct and niche that you get an opportunity to, to again be a big fish in a small pond that, that that's where i would start if i was starting today with a thousand dollars from zero i'd find a very niche targeting my messaging would match that targeting and it would i would launch it on a on a, on a facebook or, or an instagram and and uh and, and see if i can find successes for me if i'm losing 20 percent, i know i can make that campaign profitable so i know i can get a higher payout on the offer I know that I can tweak some of my ads or my, my targeting to eventually get that to break even and profitable. So for me, the goal out of the gate is to be at a 20% loss. Obviously, if I'm profitable, beautiful. If I'm break even, beautiful. But if I spend a thousand, made 800, I know that campaign, I, I, I can do, I've got a lot of, of room to pull levers to get that to be a, a, a plus dollar um, uh, performance. So I wouldn't give up if you're, you know, if you're, if you're seeing some traction like that, again, I'm not, once I keep pumping, you know, tens of thousands of dollars on personal loans in, into that, you know what I mean? But, but, but overall the, the idea is big fish, small pond on a platform that's proven, tried, and in my opinion, still very ripe uh, and very new when you look, when you zoom out of the marketing and affiliate world, it's, it's still a, it's still a very, very uh, immature platform by uh, saturation standards from brands that dump hundreds of millions of dollars into marketing. I love it. I love it. And, you know, since you mentioned Facebook, now I need to ask because our affiliates are split into two categories. We get a lot of Facebook traffic, a lot, and you'll have the partners that can still easily do 50K in profits. And then you'll have the partners that tell us it's terrible out there. We get bans all the time. The iOS updates have been a pain what are you seeing? Are you guys still able to make it work on Facebook? How are you navigating the bans and the compliance issues? Yeah, I think it, it forces brands and it's forced us to uh, do two things. One is to build a more legitimate business, meaning you actually own more of the customer. So uh, are you passing them through to your website where you own the email or the phone number, or then you can text or you can email the person. So you get them off of Facebook um, uh, and, and, and onto these other platforms. So our our revenue and profitability on text and email is probably up well over a thousand percent since that update because we 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 have been forced to to 
uh, put consumers through different flows that then we are able to capture information and be able to market to them outside of Facebook in a very cheap and very effective manner, which is text and text really is incredible uh, and, and email as well too. But, but text is absolutely incredible. I think there's a 90 plus percent open rate under my you. I, I get probably three spam texts a day and I open every single one of them. Um, so it's, it, it, it's, it's really beautiful. So uh, I, I think that's one thing. It's a call to, um, uh, to legitimize your business, not just run it and add to a link out offer and then, sit back and say, Where, where's the money? Um, I, th I think that, that that's been one um, a beautiful uh, come out of iOS updates, costs increasing, things like that. Also, it's forced us to become uh, considerably uh, stronger on um, our uh, acquiring someone on first click, meaning the first impression mm -hmm. they saw. So we're not, ch we, we lose attribution when we have to touch them five times to convert them into something. Um, so that them actually taking action on the first time they've seen one of our ads. So that, that, that's obviously forced us to have to, uh, improve our messaging, uh, from upfront to actually, uh, have stronger call to actions or, or rely less on retargeting pools. So it, back in the day, we would break even on cold and then we'd make all our money on retargeting today. We've completely flipped that right where it's like very small percent, maybe 15% of our traffic is retargeting. The rest is cold. And the, 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 the cold is still, still profitable. And the, the, the only other thing I'll, I'll, I'll note is where else can you find advantages that everyone, and I, and I, I feel like a broken record. Anyone who's heard me speak in the affiliate space uh, it, it has heard this narrative before. It, every single person on this podcast potentially is thinking about how they can drop their Facebook costs, right? Like I'd say 90% yeah. think about how they can drop their Facebook costs. Are you thinking about how you can increase the lifetime value of your customer? Very small percentage. Are you thinking about how you can increase your payout with on the other end on your buyer relationship, whether it's it's the the uh, the, the affiliate network that you're working with, or uh, the direct advertiser, or going up the food chain? Are you working with a affiliate network versus a direct carrier, as an example that I gave earlier? United Healthcare versus uh, um, a company that sells for United Healthcare versus an affiliate network versus an affiliate network and an affiliate network. So there, there's other levers outside of my Facebook costs that I would just challenge you to really look at, right? Like are you, how rich of the data are you getting back from your partners, like an affiliate network or something like that, that's able to help feed your audiences. Like what other, if, if, if you knew that we all had the exact same Facebook costs and there was no way to lower your Facebook costs, what actions would you be taking today? And I would say spend 80% of your time on that and 20% of lowering your Facebook costs because the rest of your competition is spending 80% of the time, maybe 90% of their time on how do I lower my Facebook costs and, and you're you're competing on the same game. When, when I'm able to get a $120 payout and you're at a $60 payout, I don't care how much you lower your Facebook costs. You're, you're, you can never beat me. You can't because I, ha I have such defensibility in my business. And that's through better partner relationships. That's through remonetizing my customers for a higher lifetime value. That, that that's through all these 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 efficiencies that um, I I would challenge everyone on the call to spend a disproportionate amount of time on how on increasing your lifetime value and uh, increasing what you get paid per customer more so than how do I get more customers cheaper or lower my lowering my cost. That is really good advice, and I agree. I mean, it's. Uh... I know it's much tougher than it used to be, but I mean, it's, we see it every day. Uh, yes, the, the rules have changed, but it's basically just uh, pushing us to be better, to think outside of the box. And what I can tell is working for our top affiliates on Facebook, they change the way they do content. 
something as easy as how they, you know, because five, 10 years ago, it was so much easier, right? Even if the quality of your images or, you know, the small blurb you're putting on your post wasn't as important, now is everything because people have access to a lot of information. So, you know, we just have to do better and, and it still works. I mean, we have, you know, we look at the numbers every day and we know Facebook still, still works even with the bans and the compliance issues. So, you know, I'm glad you gave us that answer because sure, it's it's easy to have a blog on do, or do search, um, but if you do wanna have that financial stability, something like Facebook or we do YouTube, right? It's, it's just so much easier to be very profitable at a really serious scale, if you know. Yeah. That well, also, also challenge the, the, the mindset around that. Like, it's tough, I can't get it to work. Listen, if you ran TV ads for decades, like some of these brands, and then TiVo comes along, you, you, you could be out of business you, or if you, if you fell into that mindset. If you had retail distribution, if you were in Sephora and you were a brand and COVID happened and then it shut down and no one could go into the store, you could be out of business. I could go on an SEO. You had SEO traffic. There's a really high stability one. They changed their algorithm overnight and you're down 80% of your traffic. So this is this is the world we live in, the amount of competition, the amount, like you mentioned, of advertisements a consumer gets, the amount of uh, competition for for a consumer's attention is going to only increasingly grow. And we're going to say the same thing in three years and five years. So you better lose that narrative and story, in my opinion, because you're just never going to make anything successful. Even in your job, you're competing with AI or you're competing with automation or you're competing with uh, like you're going to get boxed out of everything if you continue to fall into that fallacy that things are tough, I just can't make it work. Like just even starting with that mindset, you're setting yourself up for failure and you're going to fail whether you're a nine to five employee or whether you run a business because those excuses can, can be hit at every single, I just went traffic sources. I just went job titles. Like I could, we could spend 30 hours. I go on a rant on, on this. Those challenges come up and you're either someone that says, great. Everyone else is going to fall into that fallacy. And this is where I rise to the top. The cream rises to the top. Or you can sit there and you can complain at, you know, drinking a beer at the end of the night and saying, oh, this, this, this sucks. Things are tough. Costs are rising. Guess what? Inflation, if you're in America, is probably over 10%. I think they reported six plus percent, 10%. So your costs are automatically up 10%. And everyone's dealing with that exact same, same challenge. And it's, it's, it, we're all on the same playing field. We all have the exact same opportunity to, to, it's, it's, where are other people not putting their focus? Like I mentioned, how can I double down on that focus? How can I remove the excuses in, in my life and, and in business that, that really are not true or they are true, but they're true for everyone. So who cares? Um, and, and where can I find the opportunity and, and, and really work harder than someone else? Can I focus on something else that other people aren't focused on? Like, like how can I come out of this even stronger? Half of my business in 2020, literally 50% of my business went to zero overnight by the space of zero. We replaced that revenue and profitability in 63 days. And now our business is up double. We are twice the size we were last year because instead of accepting, oh, COVID, oh, this, oh, cost, oh, we got banned, oh, that space went down. Said, so what other space can we get into? What other platforms can we get into? Where else can we, can we, can we, you know, uh, what does it say? Never, never waste a good, a good. Uh, um, uh, it, it went for, uh, it went for pandemic, but it was like never waste a good challenge, right? It's like the end of the day. It's like, it's like, it, you know, it, that that's where innovation is bred. Is is in the is. Uh, you know, here, here's what I'm thinking of. Diamonds are made under under extreme pressure. That's when it, that's mm -hmm. when a diamond is made. So cut, just just 
bring that into your body and saying that's who I am. You know, when when pressure comes down, when Facebook costs are high, when I'm getting bans, all this stuff, this is where a diamond is made and saying, okay, you know, where can I get creative? What resources? How can I be, you know, the ultimate resource is resourcefulness. How can I get extremely resourceful today versus I don't have the time, the money, the team, the this. The ultimate resource is resourcefulness. Anytime you've ever failed, it's because of your lack of resourcefulness, not because you didn't have the resources. That's true in my life. That's true in your life. That's true in anyone's life who's ever been successful. So I, I'd, I'd really challenge that. And I know that's not, that's not a tactical answer. Go do, you know, change it to manual bidding from automated bidding. That's not a tactical answer. I'm sure you'll get plenty of that from people that are in the weeds and very smart and know what's working today. But, but you can have all the tactics in the world if you don't have the right strategy and the right mindset around it. You consistently be looking for what's not working or what's not right versus what is right or what, what, what could be working or where there's opportunity. It's all about attitude, right? I use that word a lot, attitude and mindset. And uh, a huge change for myself and I, you know, I, I'm sure it was the same for you when I realized how successful people work, you know, because when you, when I heard about mindset 10 years ago, you know, I was such a pragmatic kid. I was like, ah, mindset, you just have to, you know, work hard. Right. But that's half of the job. That's half of the job, your attitude and how you act in the face of adversity. That's really what's going to set you aside and make you successful, right? And I, I, just, I feel like we keep having to emphasize this to our friends and our people listening that it's that easy. You know, you just have to decide that you need to have a positive attitude. And when you have something crappy happen, when everything is banned, think outside of the box. You know, it, we all say it all the time. Yeah, for sure. Amazing. All right. So some some specifics. I, I love to ask this question because we have had so many tools, specific tools that have helped us. So I'm, you know, my question is from internal tools like Monday.com to make sure your team is organized, or a good spy tool like a Plexity, or maybe a good content tool like headline generator. I don't know. Are there any tools that you guys use and you think you guys should be using them? It's been making our lives better or easier. Yeah, I'd, I'd say I, I give a uh, good answer that I think can add value outside of a, a tactical tool. Again, I'm, I haven't launched an ad in years and years. Um, but uh, for uh, for myself, I use a tool called clarity.fm. And uh, what it is, is it essentially connects you with uh, other experts and you can pay them per minute for their time. So I, it's a, it's a beautiful tool when I need to learn, let's say I'm getting in, into the auto insurance lead generation space. Like I can literally be on the phone with actual auto insurance agents or carriers and pick their brain on marketing angles on what works. So when they answer the phone, what a reservation customers have things like that. So I can really do a lot of, a lot of product knowledge or Intel uh, it, uh, um, with, within uh, prior to getting into a new space, or I can set up calls with, with people that that run massive e-commerce brands or massive lead generation brands, and I can pay them per minute for their for their time. So Clarity.fm, uh, I believe the founder of Startup.com uh, created that marketplace to connect you with experts in, in different areas. And I, I'm probably on a Clarity call once a week with with someone wow. that I'm trying to learn in a certain space, or I'm trying to understand better on how to or grow in a certain category. And, and I, I'm really, I, at one point, Mark Cuban was on the site for, for an example to, to spend time and speak with him. So th there, there's some really high value individuals that you have access to that you can pay for their time. You don't need to convince them. Or you don't need to find them. So it's a, it's, it's a beautiful tool. That's a beautiful I, tool. 
I, uh, I spend a lot of time and I love tools and I love a good, you know, mastermind or a good conference. And guys, I had no idea about uh, the website. And I promise you, I'll definitely give it a chance because it's enough to get one brilliant idea that could change the course of your entire business. It's that simple. You know, that's why people always talk about surrounding yourself with the right crew. It's not just something cheesy that people say. It's really <laughs> very important. So uh, what was the name of the tool he was just talking about? Clarity.fm. Yes, that was the name of it. And I saw another question earlier. Do you mind if we take a few questions? Because I know it's like oh, the different no. time zones. And if our friends made time to be here for us. Yes, I'd love to. Right. Been... Uh, Hector, Hector, I know you're doing Facebook. So can you give us an example of how to take people out of Facebook without getting banned? Yeah, super simple. You're 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 owning the the form or somewhere where you're capturing their their phone number or email address. So let's say you're you're doing lead generation, you're you're going to come to your website or host and post where you then are able to capture the information on a CRM before you pass it to the advertiser, or your um, even an e-commerce brand. The same thing goes. Like I would be I I have and do and would be collecting contact information prior to pushing them through to the actual offer itself. So let's just say I'm doing weight loss pills, right? Like, like that, I'm just trying to go with an aggressive, aggressive uh, thing, weight loss pills. Like I, I would be having some s sort of squeeze page that says, you know, get, learn about the, the top weight loss tips or something, you know, that, and I'm, that's a really immature yeah, example, right. but yeah, top yeah. weight loss tips, but, you know, fill out your name, email, phone and get that. Or, you know, find out how Susie, Susie lost, um, you know, 15 pounds or, or, you know, something by, by uh, using this one trick and you're capturing that information. There's a, in, there's a, one of my, my favorite funnels of all time. So creditsecrets.com. Um, it, it's, it's a, a really good friend of mine, Kelly Felix at a business partner of mine, uh, creditsecrets.com. And, and, and they have done just in insane job of capturing a customer's information Remonetizing, cross monetizing, pushing to affiliate offers, owning the customer, owning the product, which quote unquote, the product is an info product, which any of us can make. It's literally a PDF and, and tens of millions of dollars a year in sales. And I, I would really take that to heart because I imagine he started, I don't know this for a fact, but they started doing like credit monitoring offers and then built a whole business in a real sellable business with reoccurring revenue. Um, and in the, in the, in the front of it, and it's no different than trying to solve this idea. How do I capture the customer's information or move them off of, you know, back in the day, native or whatever, whatever it was, they were trying to pull off of, but, yeah. but Facebook is how do I capture the con And you know, that's a very mature business that's built there, but even at a simplicity standpoint, I'm talking lead ads that then you email and text or remarket to, to the actual e-commerce offer. So whatever, whatever offer you're pushing or or, you know, you, you've got the host and post, you're hosting this form on your site and then passing it through just something before you and passing it over. And the thing is, if you're sitting in your head right now and you say, okay, 5% of my customers convert, that's going to drop down to three, probably right by putting something in between. But the name of the game is, can I double my output? Can I double my, my CPL cost per lead with the cross monetization, monetization, re-engagement of people that would have gotten lost otherwise. And you may find one of a couple of things you may find you're making double the money. So you're making more than the 5% conversion rate, even at a 3% conversion rate. You also may find that you capture 15% of contact information and the conversion rate 
is even stronger because they've had to jump through a hoop so they're more invested or they've dropped and, and so if, if you're following me you're, you're really looking at metrics of how much money did i spend and how much money did i make and everything in between are variables that you can pull and tweak on but owning that customer data like i just mentioned with some kind of form some kind of offer some kind of question it it, it is it's uh it it's crucial to forget making more money it's crucial to your your longevity and stability as a business and your and your enterprise value you actually have a sellable asset at that point that you can sell for four to 12 X of what revenue you're driving because you actually have a hard asset versus you're just a guy that spends money on Facebook and directs it to a landing page that you don't own. And then you make that, you make the spread. There's no longevity there. There's nothing sellable there. So even if you're making less money up front today, you're, you're, it's an, think of it as an insurance policy. You're going to be around when everyone else is complaining that their costs went up or this or that. You have a hundred thousand email list or phone number list that you can drip weekly. You can drip every single week and can make money off that for years and years. My business could shut down today and I could be banned from ever running an ad ever anywhere, paid advertising. And I have a real asset that I can milk for years and years and years with different offers and communication that I, I would never need to spend. I need to spend pennies on the dollar for to deliver an email or a text versus, you know, a dollar fifty a click or five dollars a click in the next ten years or whatever that works out to be. You know, so um, anyway, Amazing. hope that was helpful. It's such good advice. Thank you. You know, that's why we're here. So thank you so much. So I think Antonio's question goes, uh, you know, not hand in hand, but it's it's relevant. Any advice on how to get the lifetime value higher after the opt-in? Yeah, for sure. So first off, let's talk lifetime value of a click or a website visitor. Let's let's redefine it, not just of the lead, because lifetime mm -hmm. value of a click right now, let's just say 100 clicks and you made 50 bucks, right? It's a, it's a 50 cent lifetime value of a click. So if you're capturing that info and you're able to re-engage that person and you drive $55 output, you, 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 you've now increased your lifetime value of the click. So I'd redefine lifetime value of not just the lead, because if we're capturing it before the lead, we'll also have a higher chance at a cheaper rate to get those people into the same offer. So even that in itself, just just remarketing to people via email and text for your exact same offer, you'll probably increase. I would I would be very shocked if you did not increase the lifetime value of the click, which is really all we care about. What do we pay per click? What do we make per click at the end of the day? That's my spread. That's how much money I made. Um, so I would I would start with that. Outside of that, I would look for um, a very complimentary value added affiliate offers or products or groups. So I'll just continue to use, use um, Credit Secrets as an example. So they've got a, I think it's $20 a month Facebook group that people pay into to be part of a community. We're all looking for identity, right? And that works with, there's brands that do cat lovers or whatever that is too. So they market from a very high like cat lover and then they get down and the offer they wanted to push was a litter box as an example. But in there they've got uh, you know, plus toys for the cat or vitamins or that, like anything around that consumer. And, and I could break that down by any offer you're pushing. If you're pushing freaking um, uh, chairs, right? Like, like w what else goes around someone who's buying a chair and, and, and looking for those other offers or creating those other products uh, around that. And they don't need to be physical products. Again, it could be an info product. There's a, um, Oh, I forget it. I forget the name. Anyway, I'll just keep using the credit one, but the info product that they created was a PDF that I imagine took them a few, few, you know, a week or two to write, and people buy the 
buy the PDF. And so that's not physically shipping products or this or finding another offer that will take you on. It's literally a, a educational piece on whatever product you're pushing. How can you educate the consumer? And then can you sell that literal PDF, that digital product? Can you sell that to them? Can you, you know, what other offers are around that, that consumer that you can push? And really, I think it, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is it all boils back to, do you truly understand your consumer? Do you truly understand where they are and what they want and what drives them and what moves them. And I say this all the time. I think everyone on this call should block out time on Friday or Monday. I know there's a holiday if you're in the States, Friday or Monday, and you should spend one hour calling your customers. And I know you might say, I don't have any customers. Yes, you do. You drove them, even though you're not the end product. And let's just say I didn't capture any of their contact info. I don't know how to call them. Well, if you're running Facebook ads, you have them on Facebook Messenger. And if not, run a freaking campaign that says, let me give you a $10 gift card to learn about who you are if you're if you're interested in shares or whatever. Something, something, something that gets you on the phone with your customers, contact them in some way, and call it no agenda. And I still do this. As I just said I haven't launched an ad in years. To this day, I call my customers at least once a week. And I don't start, they're not my customers by, I don't offer, the, I'm not the insurance company or I don't offer the financial product, but I drove them. And I have no agenda other than understanding where the heck they are in their life. And what I found was back in the day, a big, a big um, uh, offer for us was in the debt, debt space. And I would call them and I kept hearing a reoccurring theme. I'll just give you a, a real life example to help you understand how valuable this is. Thank God I got in touch with you. I'm so, I prayed to get out of debt. I, 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 you know, my family always prays for this. I go to church and I, pray, and I started hearing trends, church, prayer, God. I said, can, can I dig into that? And I did. And I found out it's actually against, if you're, if you're, if you're a Christian, it's actually against your religion to be in debt. You're a slave to your creditors. And I, I didn't know any of this. And whoa, whoa, whoa. So then my marketing messaging, my partnerships, I created a partnership with one of the largest mega churches out of that, that has wow. yielded millions of dollars and helped, uh, you know, our conversion rates be through up through the, the roof um, because I learned who my customer was and, and what they were going through. And um, that level of Intel is something that, again, getting back to what are edges in the business? What are your competition not focused on? They're focused on, do I do manual versus automated bidding versus who's my actual customer? Can I talk to them correctly? in that. And, and through that process, you know, we, we've, we've helped a ton of people. We've made a ton of money. We've grown it exponentially because I invested that time of understanding who my customer was. And through that is, is I know how I started on that. I, I know I got a little bit of a tangent, but through that, you're able to understand what, how else can I help? How else can I help? What other financial, in my case, what other financial hardships is this person going through? What else can I add value? If it's a freaking chair, what else are they looking to buy in their house? Did they just move into their house? Did they just have a new kid? Is that why they're upgrading their stuff? Like, why did you buy a chair now? What's going on in your life? And how else can I help you with that? Can I connect you to a realtor? Are you getting ready to leave your house? What are you, you know, what are you doing? Right. And, and I, I'm going, I'm jumping all over the place and I'm being dramatic on purpose, but um, yes, he created both actually, Rami, rich jerk and, and credit secrets. You got it. Yes. That was his first business. Um, but, uh, but, but yes, uh, short answer, understanding your customer to a, to a intimate, um, intimate, knowledge is is i think where your marketing message will improve where you'll understand what product you can add value to them and and ultimately how you'll be able to serve them better which um you know business is a spiritual game you you uh you have to add more value consistently than anyone else to the marketplace that's how you become rich uh it, it, it's true so um it, it, you know 
it's it, it really looking at business business understanding your customer and how you can serve them is is where you'll get incredibly wealthy uh, and help a ton of people in the in the in the in the process in my opinion i happen to agree wholeheartedly i had the pleasure of uh, you know being in new york for affiliate summit east this summer and i was speaking about native ads and then two months later i did the same thing in san diego tnc and i was speaking about youtube ads and i'm going to summarize that in a 20 second thing for you guys and tell you i spent half of the time discussing the customer and how important it is to understand who you are targeting so basically it's the same thing and that's how you get to the next level. That's why you have affiliates doing 50K in profits and others $50. Because even something as easy as understanding a headline that has a specific word about weight loss, something that's going to trigger their curiosity makes all the difference. But it's impossible to know that if you don't research who your target audience is and who your customers are. So um, I'm so glad you shared that. That's absolutely brilliant advice. And we are an affiliate network. Every week, I have something that applies to any business journey, right? Talk to your clients, talk to your customers, and see if you're finding trends about stuff that might work, right? So I got excited there too because <laughs> I happen to I happen to agree. Just one more question. I know we're, we're, we usually try to keep it short and sweet, but I'm having so much fun. So we'll, we'll take just a couple more. Uh, oh, any way to book a call with you, Anthony, on Clarity? Uh -huh. Any way to what? I'm sorry. Uh, on, you know, you mentioned Clarity earlier. So we have someone asking if they can book you for a call on Clarity FM. Yeah, I'm on there and I donate all the money to struggling small businesses. So businesses that were shut down during COVID or had uh, lost more than 80% of their revenue. So yeah, I, happy to happy to help and, and get time on there. And yeah, all the, all the money goes to a good place. That's so awesome. You see, now I love you even more. That, that's fantastic. All right, Anthony, can you mention a text program that we can use to text our customers? I think he's referring to like an SMS service. Yeah, there's, 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 um, one I really like, it's called Teledrips is the name of it. Teledrips. And uh, it's conversational AI text messaging. Um, and I know that's big in the lead generation space, so if it's an e-commerce question, uh, I may not be the perfect perfect person for that, but Teledrips, and then also I know ManyChat even has, we've done text message blasts from in the past too, but but uh, Teledrips is one I, I'm a really big fan of. It's conversational, again, text, text message platform where the AI interacts with the individual and converts them to take action. That's awesome. All right. And I promise one more. This one is from me. Uh, you know, let's pretend someone is going to listen to this podcast on their way to work. So they're probably might zoom in and out as they listen through what we're discussing today. So what is the one thing you want them to take away from Anthony, the super affiliate that is now very successful? Something that you think it would really help them be successful. It can be something on a personal level or a business level. Yeah, fail fast. Um, perfection's the, the enemy of execution. So I think I think it's it's very easy for us to um, want something to be really good and perfect because we were told that uh, in A is is it, we got praised when we got A's right, and we got things we got 100% on the test. Um, I think in business, speed gets rewarded disproportionately than um, than than perfection. Um, and I think you can make an argument in life as well too. So um, 
getting something, throwing it against the wall, seeing if it sticks. If you see some traction, I invest more time, money, energy, resources to that, but continuously uh, falling on your face over and over again throughout the day and not spending too much time getting, get it out the door, get it out the door, get it out the door. Does someone kind of like it? Kind of like it? Do you even like not even hate it that much? Cool. I can improve on that, improve on that, improve on that versus create this beautiful, perfect company, product, service, ad, what website, whatever it is. And you've wasted three months and the market doesn't even respond to it or like it. So fail fast. I, I try and live by every single day. And, and that would be my one piece of advice to uh, live in a, a happier, more fruitful life and, and running a uh, business that um, can ultimately uh, add more value to the world, to your family, to your network, to your employees, to, to, to everyone within your direct influence. And I, 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 I feel pretty strongly about that. That's wonderful. That's, you know, the, the perfect end note, guys, fail fast. You know, we, we said it before and it's, 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 I'm just so happy you made the time for us, Anthony. You are a rock star. I appreciate you so much. If, uh, if our friends want to reach out to you, why, what do you prefer? I know you're so busy, uh, Facebook, Twitter, oh, Clarity. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm, I'm super act active on, on Instagram. It's just my first and last name. And I, I respond to every single person that has a question for me or point them in the right direction. It might take me a few days or a week. But um, yeah, anyone who reaches out, I'm, I, get, I get back to every single person. So That's awesome. Thank you again so much, Anthony. You're very welcome, miss. Thanks for having me. It's great to see you again. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Max Web Podcast. We're going to be on Spotify and Apple, YouTube and Facebook. If you have any other questions for us, we're here for you. We love you and thank you for listening.